Discograffiti presents Queasy Listening, episode number one, Don Henley's The End of the Innocence. You know, it's easy to be dismissive these days and say everything sucks. With Queasy Listening, we aim to explain why you shouldn't be listening to these things ever again. So you don't have to bother figuring out just why it sucks so much, because that takes time. And time is simply the most precious commodity of them all. Isn't that so, Joe? It doesn't take a lot of thought or time to understand or to get your head around that uh, the Don Henley's <laughs> The End of the Innocence sucks elephant dicks. Right. It's a low-hanging fruit. It's but natural. We, it should be very natural. Right. This too. is the we are the world of this thing sucks. <laughs> so I got to say just straight off the bat, I don't have to pretend that there's some Eagle songs that I don't, that I don't like or like. I like a bunch of their early stuff. Uh, and frankly, with Don Henley, I didn't even hate Building the Perfect Beast. I think The Boys of Summer is an amazing song. That's a great song. And it's weird because um, that song kind of like it has all these 80s kind of sounds to it, but it's like it pushes all the right buttons. Somehow. It does. It does. Like every sound sounds really kind of great. on Why it. does it always sound so good? I don't know. That one, that one is almost more mystifying why it's good. We're throwing you a curveball and now you're really going to listen to us because we're being you were being generous. So but Don, Look, Henley, Don Henley's not a complete loser. He's He's done things that are pretty good. That's right. There's, there's However, some good songs in the Eagles. Don know? Henley, it, through much of the 80s, I'm going to throw some words out, okay? You tell me what, what comes to mind. Sanctimonious. Pompous. Self-righteous. You're not giving me any feedback here, but that's, that's okay. Mm. Agonizing self, agonizingly self-important. <laughs> uh, welcome to the world of Don Henley. Let's talk about the chrome what about How about humorless? Right. Humorless. I think I've that's never, what I hate most about Don Henley. I've never seen a face where the corners of the of the mouth curl down like that. Does this guy ever have any fucking joy in his life? Seriously, <laughs> the guy's worth like eight tr- trillion dollars. I know, I know. He's worth like the G, the like the gross national product of like a con- entire continents. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, I mean, this album, it was a massive album. If you lived during that time, it was came out in 1989, you definitely heard it all over the place. It sold over 6 million copies in the U.S. alone. You want to hear what Rolling Stone said about it at the time? What? Now, Rolling Stone sucks Don Henley's dick more than anything I know, in the world. I know. It's, it's so sad. Right. It's like, it's so offensive, um, the degree to which they like bend over backwards to like praise Don Henley. So here's the review at the time. Returning to the theme of Desperado, the former Eagle hitched some of his <laughs> finest melodies especially on the gentle title track, to sharply focus lyrical studies of men in troubled transitions. You might say the trouble, you might say, the, this is me talking now. <laughs> the transition from innocence to the end of innocence. Right, right. Now, here's one of the problems that I have with the record, okay? Let's talk about those fucking song titles first. So pompous, they, they all sound like William Faulkner novel titles to me. The three songs that were singles were The End of the Innocence, The Heart of the Matter, and The Last Worthless Evening. These are novels. These are not song titles. Um, and, and Oh, speaking of Rolling Stone... You know they rated it number three hundred eighty nine on the five hundred greatest. It was higher than that at one time. Oh, it, was? it was in the it top two hundred at one time. So one interesting thing about this about this record is that if you weren't alive during that time, suffice it to say that this that the record aptly represents the bloat that figured from that time. So everyone from that era seems to be on this thing, and weirdly, most of them aren't even audible. You've got most of the heartbreakers. 
Bruce Hornsby, Toto, J.D. Souther, Wayne Shorter, Patty Smythe, Axel Rose, Take Six, Ivan Neville, Edie Brickell, Melissa Etheridge, Cheryl Crow, and Gloria Estefan. And I can only hear Axel Rose out of all those people. <laughs> you can hear Wayne Shorter. <laughs> you can hear Wayne Shorter. Um, the, I, well, it's Axel Rose sings on I Will Not Go Quietly, right. which is by far the highlight of the album, um, even though that song also sucks. It does <laughs> but, suck. But that's by far the best part. This, well, let's, this, uh, let's, this just, record, let's just go through the record with the kind right, of... Okay, a little bit more setup. This record sold 6 million copies. Right, that's it I was said a that. smash hit, right? So, yeah. Who are there like six million Patrick Batemans in America at this time? Yes. <laughs> the fuck are these six million people? They bought. Uh, listen, just to be fair, they also bought all the Phil Collins records. But I love Phil Collins. This is it's not the same thing. Phil Collins has a sense of humor. I guess if you like those Phil Collins records, you like this. Maybe. No, not if you're not Dave, necessarily. Not if you're Dave Gabriel. Other way around. Other not way around. You, yeah, yeah. Other way around for sure. So let's talk first about the title track. That's track number one, the, the end of the innocence. I want to first thing. I want to first say that the chorus line, offer up your best defense, this is the end of the innocence. The offer up your best defense line is meaningless. Yeah, it just yeah. It rhymes with innocence, and it, it's like it's just no, a I get, I get, you know, I actually read the lyrics because I'm trying to do a really good job of explaining why it's not good. <laughs> but uh, offer up your best defense, meaning, uh, you know, do not go quietly into adulthood kind of thing. Oh, yeah, right. I get right. it. Fight okay. against it. That's still, that's pretty weak. Do not go gentle. So, um, okay, this is a uh, kind of a good mission statement for the record because the general concept of this record is like you know everything was used to be better and now it sucks. Right, it's pretty right. much the con. That's pretty much the driving theme of the entire thing. So he's Which, just like wildly successful. This is the peak of his life, right? <laughs> and all he's doing is pointing the finger at, at what's yeah. wrong. But like well, everything was better when, like, yeah. in, in like the fifties or something. Let, let's also talk about. Well, yeah, he came up in a very small. Like, I th the way I picture his hometown, I don't know if it's exactly like this. Is the last picture show. Uh, just like a dusty, tiny little Texas town. So maybe he had that in him. But all I know is that musically, talk about um, you know the idea of marrying the the message with the with the medium. Those floating soft synth pads that he uses on that. <laughs> well, we're going to have to talk about Bruce we gotta, Hornsby. Yeah, we no, we got to talk about the synth pads because that's, that's Bruce Hornsby. Okay, so. That shit made me want to set my small suburban town on fire and run screaming from what was considered normal. I, I can actually say that um, that it seemed for me as somebody who was interested in a creative life to set the template on this is the polar opposite of what of where you want to be as far as creativity goes. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> the the sound okay this the, the sound of it and the sentiment of it together okay like i got to talk about bruce hornsby i'm i'm a piano player i'm a keyboard player okay i'm sure some people like bruce hornsby <laughs> he's fine i hate bruce hornsby's playing i hate how every note is played at maximum volume <laughs> he's right, banging right. on the piano right. as hard as humanly possible i hate the bright tone that comes out of his piano. Like they just turn all the treble all the way up and like compressed it as hard as possible. I hate the voicings he chooses. It's like wide, I don't, I don't, these wide voicings that have all these like kind of 
like suspended kind of like it, it's just the most it's the most white ass shit. So terrible. Yeah, it is. It I is. hate his piano playing. It's the, on he's this the anti Bill Evans. He's like he's yeah, like, he he's like the he opposite is. of Bill Evans. Yeah, he has no idea about texture. He has no touch or like it's just these like ham handed. Listen, like, that's only song one. So that song is very Hornsby. It's, yeah, it's, it's got it like is, that telltale Hornsby. Like I, if I'm hearing Bruce Hornsby, I'm having a bad time. Yeah, yeah. I know he was in the dead and everything. I know he's probably cool. That's right. I hate the way he plays. All right. So track number two, how bad do you want it? That one's so good. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got to talk about the honking sax that opens this song. The honking sax that opens this tune should be filled completely with Monterey Jack. That's how fucking cheesy it is. It's unbelievable. And the background singers. Uh, this is, this song is pure excrement. It he's, really is. He's, he's probably trying to do like another. All she wants to do is dance. Right. right? It's right. kind of like that. You know. Yeah, that's I guess the uh, template. Fucking, it is so that, bad. That throaty sax. It, it, <laughs> it's so it, bad. it made me miss the float, the soft synth pads. So then and I then will not, also the way he sings is super annoying. Is that the way you want it? Yeah, <laughs> His yeah. It's that like kind of clipped like the way you want it. <laughs> uh. And then so for the next song, you we touched on it quickly. I will not go quietly. Mm-hmm. Axl Rose is on there, and the reason he's on there is because let's quote the lyrics. Yeah, I'm gonna tear it up gonna trash it up i'm gonna round it up gonna shake it up oh no baby i will not lie down so obviously to sing something like that and pull it off it's not gonna be donald henley the record company's like hey you want somebody who could sell that line a little bit better than you the other thing that's amazing is it's kind of built around a guitar lick, but it's the most generic, shittiest, like... Like the Seinfeld bass. I mean, it's Danny Korchmar. He's a great guitarist. He also yeah, wrote yeah. it. But it's like, you know, okay, we need... Just play some generic shit, and we'll build a song around that. It's, yeah. it's, it's the most pedestrian... I like, will say that, you know, Don Henley... Uh, for whatever benefits uh, and positives he has, he does not rock convincingly. And by the way, the Eagles try. The Eagles never rocked convincingly, no, despite no. what you may errantly think. I, you know, they did all right in life in the fast lane. That one's all right. It's okay. It's okay. But you know, a that's lot the of, most convincingly they rock. I, I, I like the cocaine cowboy phase. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, so my favorite song is the last worthless evening. So <laughs> you mean favorite as in the worst fucking song ever made? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> opposite <taste>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the last worthless evening, here's why I like this song the best. So um first of all, it's six minutes long. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Pfeiffer Michelle Pfeiffer was at a party. And she was despondent, smoking a cigarette outside because she had just uh, had a breakup. And uh, Don Henley would try to quote unquote comfort her because everyone with his penis because everyone wants some <laughs> smug asshole rubbing their penis up and down their, your leg outside of a party. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so she rejected him, and Jack Nicholson yelled out nice going henley mm. so uh this ba- and everybody died this song is it's really a sad song about how he didn't get to fuck michelle that's Pfeiffer. exactly what it it's is. a tragedy it is it really it, you know it's it's it, this was a single this was like a hit song this was a big hit you song. would know it if you heard, i kind of forgotten about it but then when, yeah. it, when i heard it I was like oh yeah this fucking thing yeah look because oh. i'll be there when your broken heart is on the mend that what he's saying is let me know next time you break up with someone michelle so i can swoop in and fuck you <laughs> <laughs> this is so she, she knew, she knew better. She, this is so funny to me as the basis for a song. That's why it's my favorite. <laughs> okay, the next one is uh, New York Minute. Uh, which, by the way, I got to say, I got to say, 
It won the Grammy for best male rock performance. <laughs> why? Seriously, why? What was the criteria involved? It seems that? like this is when you start with the title and you work backward if you're writing it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that in a New York minute. In a, yeah. Let's get that a boop. New York minute. It's like clipped. It's pretty bad. Uh, the next two I have nothing to say about Shangri-La and Little Tin God. Uh, dude, Little Tin God's like a reggae. It's like a reggae. You like the reggae? <laughs> it's like a reggae cut. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Um, so what I love about Gimme What You Got is it's the requisite Down With The 80s song that is so rife with synth overproduction and fumbling, stumbling, Caucasian soul platitude reaching that it also ironically encompasses and becomes a perfect emblem of the 80s. Is this like a record for like boomers who like used to be idealistic and then they were like, fuck it and became like hedge fund managers. And right, then, right. And they're like bitter because they feel like the world is empty or something. And they're like, if dirt were dollars is a wonderful finger pointing message song about homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it cost a million dollars to create, which probably would have been better spent by the KLF burning it. Yeah. Uh, every hideous sound you could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. Some of these have like, you know, uh, the, you look at the musicians that played on it they're all like these A-list musicians and you hear the track and it's like really stiff like drum machine where it's just like the same drum sample with no velocity change just like on two and four like it's horrible like reverb like just with like, like, like utterly soulless like <laughs> it just, sounds like clanging like, it every, sounds like, like every two seconds hitting like, a wall oh um, so the last song, I, I, that this I have to talk about a little bit. Yeah, this you, was have, a, you have a personal story. About I this do. One. This was a monster hit, and it was actually written by Mike Campbell from the from the Heartbreakers, which I didn't previously know. Uh, he had this song fucking eats ass. It does. It <laughs> so does. Terrible. So um, uh, Henley had something he was apparently trying to say for quite some time, and was able to fit it on top of Mike's lyrics. Uh, he Frankensteined it on. And as Mike says, a lot of girls like it. So I do want to tell a story. He does, he does the clip thing again. Heart of the matter. <laughs> and I think it's about. Then, then you cue the background singers. Forgiveness. So here, what happened during this one, um, for, the, for this one, on, uh, this song is kind of indelibly seared into my psyche. There was a girl who I went to high school with who was uh, way out of my league to be totally honest with you. And she was like the dream girl that I was never going to attain. And um, she actually showed interest in me. And one night when I was at my friend's house uh, on a psychedelic, she came over and, uh, and we made out. And uh, it looked like we were careening into a relationship. I couldn't believe it. I was out of my mind, I, totally incredulous. And she chose somebody else over me. She I was, Michelle Pfeiffered you. She Michelle Pfeiffered me. <laughs> no, she, I got Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. <laughs> and uh, I was working at a video store at the time. And she came in with a note and a cassette tape that only had the song Heart of the Matter on it, which means that there was 85 unused minutes on that tape. And that was supposed to convey... My, what she was hoping I'd feel about it, which oddly <laughs> totally freed me from feeling bad about it. If this girl would give this tape to me, then I was way better off not being uh, enmeshed. So in any case, 
the she record, probably like like read the lyrics and was like, oh, this is so perfect. These times are so uncertain. There's a yearning undefined. People filled with rage. We all need a little tenderness. How can love survive in such a graceless age? The late, the late 80s, I guess. Yeah. Graceless. <laughs> ah, the trust and self-assurance that lead to happiness. They're the very things we kill, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty what the bad. the fuck is this? Pretty rancid. What song is that? That's Heart of the Matter. That's Heart of the Matter. That sounds like the verse or something. How do you even say So that? this is, uh, in case you hadn't guessed by this point, this is an album to avoid at all costs. <laughs> If you're in a CVS or a Rite Aid that's playing, if you it, have a choice leave. between this and COVID, <laughs> yeah, you choose COVID. Take a chance with COVID. Always choose COVID over the over. Uh, the if someone's end of like, the "There's innocence. a COVID-free room over here where the, <laughs> the end of the innocence is playing," uh, right? Or you can go and sit in there in this unventilated room with COVID. That's patients. COVID full. I would go ahead and take your chances. Yeah, go in the COVID full room. Thank you for joining us. This is the uh, inaugural episode of Queasy Listening. And this one, uh, we, we, you know, the, we're going to try to keep these to records that are sort of like uh, that, that some people somewhere liked at some time. Right. And it's, then there's know, there will be other shows that you can tune into as a Patreon family member uh, th- that will be rolling out as time goes on. Uh, please enjoy those. And uh, stay tuned uh, for lots more coming. Yeah, down this the one mic. was this was fun. I could uh, I could I could do this. Let's do it again. Let's do another one of these. It as soon good. as the mics turn off, let's do it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look one up right now. <laughs> All right, thanks for thanks listening. Thanks for joining us. Right, bye bye.